Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. before the throne of grace. Let me just be honest with you. Um, I need it. You know, a pastor's job sometimes can be easier. It's never easy, but it can be easier than other times. And other times it can be challenging. But throughout it all, I need to pray and I need your prayer. I'm going to ask Karen. I didn't tell her. But I'm going to ask Karen to come up. She's gotten so used to me doing stuff that she almost expects it and says, well, at least I didn't go up this time. But I'm going to ask her to pray over the message today. You know, we were here for quite a while without her because of, you know, her contract there and getting everything moved and trying to sell the house, which is still for sale, but it's good to have her today. Uh, She's got the green mic. Kyle? We're good. Thank you. Um, And I'm just going to ask her to pray over the, the service today, and I'm going to ask you to pray while she's praying as well. Karen? Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We've gathered here. We've worshiped you. We've praised you for who you are. And we've asked you to be the potter and to make us the clay. Father, mold us, make us, make us more like you. Father, I ask that you would use this message today to make us more like you, to mold us into the people that you want us to be. Father, I ask that you would be with Micah, that you would give him your message in your way so that through his words, you might speak to our hearts. Father, help us to put aside the cares and the the worries that we've brought with us. Help us to focus on you and what you have to say to us through Micah's words. Father, I just ask that you would be with Micah and give him a sense of peace and a sense of calm as you speak through him. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Today we're going to try to meet most of you, um, if not all of you, but then we're going to bug out a little bit because we're celebrating our anniversary today. And so who had the audacity to do that? I like that. Yeah, we were in Coon Rapids uh, during our anniversary, so you got to put up with us celebrating our anniversary today. And we, ha- we drove the getaway car over here so we can get away. Um, I, was, uh, I did a wedding one time. I, I wouldn't, it's not here, believe me. I didn't plan on sharing that. It's not here. I did a wedding one time, and they said, well, we're going to do a getaway car. And I said, okay, that under- I understand that. Um, I had no idea the, dad, the guy's dad was that wealthy. He, they drove up for them to get away in a Viper. They got away all right. Um, a Dodge Viper. Uh, peeling out and leaving everybody in the dust. So it's not a getaway car. It's just a Honda. And on the front right bumper, I've gone deer hunting with it. So, I mean, anyway. But uh, we want to meet with you. Um, I would also underscore back to the announcement about the board meeting. It's not going to be long but we just need your approval. Uh, and we'll share some things that the board has done while we're counting as well. 
but we just want to keep you guys as our church up to date on things, okay? I stand before you today as a pastor that has a, a mixture of emotions and thoughts. I want to share with you that there are some areas in which I have some concerns. Our culture is, as one person has put it, often going to hell in a handbasket. Look in the news, look in the media, look in Facebook, look and look and look and look in, and you're going to be able to see a lot of that. We have cocaine in the White House. We have dishonesty around us. We have a lot of things going on, and that causes me concerns for our culture and our nation. I also have some concerns in the things that I study throughout the week ecumenically because there are so many churches that have just said, well, the Bible is relative to the culture. The last time I checked, the Bible is relative to nothing. It is the Holy Word of God. It stands on its own, and that's what we stand on. The culture is relative to the Bible. I do not take from the Bible, pick and choose, and say it says what I want it to say, or if I don't agree with it, it needs to go somewhere else, or I don't have to do it. That's not how this works. If we are to be disciples of Jesus, if we are to be the church of Jesus Christ, if we are to be the bride of Christ, we have to look at this Word of God as the Word of God. He breathed it. He had it in his mind. He had it written down. The Word of God became flesh. It is true, it is powerful, it is without error, and it gives us everything we need for salvation. And yet at the same time, I am also excited. General Assembly made some hard decisions that they held to the uh, ground we needed them to hold on to. There are those in a lot of ecumenical circles that say, well, we ought to accept this or we ought to accept that. Dr. David Graves stood and said no, and he was in charge of that session. And the General Assembly voted to hold the line, especially as it comes to sexuality and things, and I'm grateful. Um, our District Assembly was one of the best I've ever been in, if not the best I've ever been in. Dr. Crocker preached two messages on revival and on holiness that I wish we would hear all the time. And so I am encouraged. And then I am uploading from New Nazarene Youth Congress in Tampa, Florida, 10,000 people between youth and workers experiencing God. Folks, we've got hope. Jesus is still the one who birthed the church. Jesus is still in charge. It is not our church, it's his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. By way of introduction, from the time that uh, we have come into uh, here and been blessed here to be your pastor, we have endeavored to try to lay a foundation by way of introduction of what we are trying to do. That was your cue, by way of introduction. Thank you, I'm sorry. Um, as we have shared these things, we have been so blessed to have so many people respond to us, not only on the internet, but also verbally. You folks are incredibly too kind. We encountered a, a conversation this week that said this is the absolute best church that they have ever been in. I would concur. You folks are incredible. You can give yourself a hand, but more than that, give Jesus a hand. Please, I mean that. Go ahead. It's all right. We'll let you. Um, I have been in churches where it's, it's like, you needed to turn the heat up just to get, keep from getting all the ice on the cold shoulders. I don't say that to be funny. I say that to be very concerned. Karen and I were on vacation on one of our vacations, and we went to churches, and this was in Colorado. We went to churches, and we had to ask, um, are we welcome to the, to the coffee? No one came up. Folks, if you're in Internet land and you want to go to a church that will accept you, we are it. We will not let you get into the sanctuary before you get greeted. We will not let you get out of the building before you get greeted. If you don't want to be greeted and you don't want to be loved, I would encourage you to go somewhere else. 
but I have a strong suspicion people still want and need love and acceptance. This is a church that does it, and we are grateful. We've had worship, we've had praise, we've had altar calls, we've had spontaneous testimonies. That is God. In our time here, we have firmly planted on preaching the word of God as the message of God to the people of God for the obedience to God that we would be and experience and have the experience of God in us and among us. We have experienced the Bible and discipleship groups on Wednesday evening, on Sunday morning, on Saturday at uh, the Frisbee in the Park, Monday evenings when they do the uh, gymnasium things, there's a discipleship, and Stephanie is starting a brand new group, and you want, you need to talk with her. It is an incredible, incredible curriculum. Stephanie is going to be doing it. Please connect with her. I am going to tell you this. You need to show up on Wednesday nights. You need to show up. We talk about prayer, and we talk about walking in this discipleship life, and it is incredible. And so we would encourage you to be there as well. We encourage you to come on Sunday morning just to connect. It's at 9.30, and Gail does an incredible job. It is connecting. Out in the community, we encourage you to be part of the Frisbee, in the, uh, Frisbee golf in the park. It is incredible. You want to be there. And by God's grace, I have envisioned that we start three to four more small groups. Let me share with you why. In the book of Acts, they connected with each other in each other's homes. And from there, after they connected, the church became even more because they were connecting and sharing Jesus. It's all about sharing Jesus. It's all about sharing Jesus. People come, usually, not because of anything else except that they were invited. Who did you invite this week? We exist to be disciples making disciples. Let me share with you, that is beyond exciting to see the mission being embraced already as we all seek to be expanded ever greater. Truly, we are seeking great things from God. We are not content with good. We are not content with good enough. We want to see things go. I want to share with you a small miracle. Well, no, it's not a small miracle. It's not. I've been in pastoral ministry in some way, shape, or form, not officially, but still, minister of music in my dad's church starting at age 15. That's a few decades. I'm 65, so you can do the math. I have never in all of my years in the ministry had someone come up to me and ask me, will you baptize me? Can I be baptized? That's happened last week. We met as a uh, leadership, a uh, week before, we met as a leadership team. We're going to look at when we, want to, when, we want to do, when we want to do a baptism, not if. I strongly believe that baptism by water is something that God ordained and he expects us to do. I believe that there is a sense of baptism to where it's one of three things. First of all, it is a statement of what God has done in our life and a, and a public commitment that we are going to keep following Jesus. Second of all, I believe it can be for someone who wants to have it redone that they are reaffirming in public that they are still following Jesus and are seeking a deeper life. If you have been baptized and you want to do that, you can do it again. There's nothing in the Word of God that says it only happens once. It's not there. Third of all, there are times when people have been baptized as a child or as a young adult, and as my grandmother says, went down a dry center and came up a wet, or that they have fallen away from God and then come back to God and want to be rebaptized again. I'm okay with that. I've got absolutely no problem with any of the three, and you are all more than welcome. 
And those who are out there in internet land, we would welcome you to come and be a part of that time as well. We will be announcing it as we go, and we will be sharing it. I would also share this. Let's define what baptism is. First, baptism is its, at its basic meaning. Thank you. At its very basic meaning is a statement of being a follower of Jesus. It is a holy decision to have a holy experience that communicates a holy statement of your and my decision to follow Jesus. The words in the Hebrew, i.e. tevelah, and Greek, baptismo, mean this, submersion and being submersed and dipped into whatever it is we are being baptized into of, as a flow of things. That's why, by and large, when we say baptism by water, we try to do submersion. Now, if you are handicapped or have a fear of water, we'll pour it over you. You still are baptized by water. I'm not opposed to that. You see, it's a consecration. It is not just something we do. In essence, there are seven times in the scriptures where I found baptism talked about in the scriptures. There's a baptism of Moses. The baptism of Moses. That's listed in Exodus 13, 21, and 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 3. The children of Israel were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, is what it says. They were identified with God through Moses by passing into flowing water of the Red Sea and flowing God's, and the flowing of God's presence under the cloud. The second one is the baptism of John the Baptist. Mark 1, 4, Acts 19, 7, among other places in the, in the New Testament. This is a baptism performed by John to those who had come to believe in and be prepared for the coming of Messiah, i.e., they had already become believers about Messiah and had repented and then were baptized. They were showing their faith in God and the Messiah as preached by John. John is the first one in the New Testament preached repentance of sins. In Acts, these were believers that had been baptized by John but had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and therefore they wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. It is a progression. Do you see it? Repentance, baptism water, baptism Holy Spirit. Third is the baptism of Jesus himself. There have been quite a few discussions and quite a few dialogues that say, why did Jesus need baptism? He did not need baptism. He was baptized to show, first of all, baptism is holy, and second of all, so that people would then recognize him as the Messiah who had come, whom the people that heard John preach about would then recognize had already had now come. It is in Matthew 3, 13 through 17, as well as other places. This is the baptism whereby we recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And the voice from heaven was heard. The descending of, of the uh, dove came down, and Jesus was said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. There's the baptism of fire in Matthew 3, 11 through 12, John 5, 22, among others. This is a baptism by fire by Jesus in judgment for sin in life and in the world. There's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit that brings fire in the spirit and the soul. I would share this with you, ladies and gentlemen. The barometer of having the filling of the Holy Spirit is, one, is two things. Do you have the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, patience, Against such there is no law. 
And do you have a fire in your soul that shares Jesus? There's a baptism of the cross. In Mark 10, 35-39, Jesus calls his suffering that he is about to suffer a baptism of suffering. If and as we walk with Jesus, there are going to be things that are not going to be pleasant that we walk through and walk with. There are going to be things that happen that are not good, but they are baptism of suffering, and in so doing, we encounter Jesus' grace to help us through things, and we also identify with suffering because we are believers. There's the baptism of believers, finally, in Matthew 28 19. Look again at that. It is part of the Great Commission. It is part of the Great Commandment. Again, this is believers already. Jesus is commanding his disciples, who will soon be filled with the Holy Spirit, to then go and make other disciples and to baptize them. That's why we believe in baptizing. Jesus had it. We are commanded to do it. It kept on going. Our theme this morning is this, the biblical perspective of baptism. Our sermon texts are multiple, so please buckle your seatbelt and hang on to it, but we're going to be doing a hermeneutical study. And our sermon in a sentence is this. Baptism is biblical, and thus what we all, as disciples of Jesus, are to experience and to dwell in. First thing I note is this. When we talk about baptism... When we talk about baptism, it is a baptism, first of all, of repentance. There are some things I want to share with you before we get into the main point. When we are convicted by the Holy Spirit, that is when repentance begins to happen. God the Holy Spirit comes on us. He is faithful. He will convict the world of sin. That's me and you and everybody else. I was reading this week, and it was said by uh, one of the patriarchs of the faith, Spurgeon, the reason people find that the Bible is so offensive is because it offends the sin in them, therefore it offends them. Baptism of repentance is when the Holy Spirit brings to mind the conviction of sin and that by and large from the Bible as well as your conscience. I have seen very few, though I have seen some, but I have seen very few who could not, would not, and did not sense any conviction, any more remorse of things they had done. And yes, I've worked, as most of you know, in a max, ultra-max security prison, and I've seen the worst of the worst. And there was still, for most of them, all but one of them in that prison, a conviction and a guilt. Second, I would say this. When we are baptized, we are broken by our sin. When we are convicted of the baptism of the need for repentance, we are broken by our sin, that we stand as sinners before God. Folks, we cannot truly repent of sin until we are sick of the sin and ashamed of the sin that we have done or the sin that we have failed to do and then repent of and leave. And a final thing is this, when we come to Jesus, totally confessing to God our sin as sin, and that without reasoning or that without excuses or that without explanation, that is the beginning of true repentance. Well, but it's because of, no, I understand there's some because of, but you still own yours. Point A is this, 
Baptism of repentance is what? Initiated. Mark 1.4, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching the baptism of repentance for remission of sins. He preached repentance first, and then he preached be baptized thereafter. John came baptizing ahead of the Jesus being revealed. John came baptizing with the sermon of repentance that had to come first. And John came baptizing with the message not, of not only repentance, but also the remittance, R-E-M-I-T-T-A-N-C-E, of sins. The word there is Ephesin, A-P-H-E-S-I-N, forgiveness from the sin, after repentance uh, from the sin. Forgiveness of the sin, after repentance uh, from the sin, and because of the sin. Has there been really a baptism of repentance? I look around this congregation and I feel pretty certain that most, if not all, have experienced a repentance. To God be the glory. Great things He is doing. Point B is this, Acts 19, 1 through 4. Acts 19, 1 through 4. Baptism of repentance is affirmed. It happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, i.e. from the Greek, now that you had believed, or since you have believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit now that you are a believer in Jesus? So they said to him, they, the people there, said to him, Paul, we have not so much heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Verse 3. So that he, Paul, said to them, into what were you baptized then? So they said, into John's baptism, i.e., back into repentance and then being immersed in water. Paul said to them, John indeed baptized with water. I'm sorry, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people, they should believe on him who would to come, that is, on Christ. Paul found them already to be disciples. Pardon me. They had already repented and been forgiven of the sins they had done. Paul affirmed that they had not received the Holy Spirit since they believed, and thus affirmed that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for believers. And Paul affirmed that there is a baptism of repentance that is what they had already received in John's baptism, i.e., the baptism of repentance followed by being submersed in water. Paul affirmed that they... There is a baptism of repentance that comes from believing in Jesus who was to come after John and did for the remission of sins. Repentance. A, I did it. B, it was wrong. Admission and accountability and then acceptability that it is wrong. C, it is sin, i.e. against God. D, it needs confessed and should be and is be. E, it needs forsaken. And F, it needs the blood of Jesus cleansing from all sin in that, i.e., the baptism of repentance. Do we know that? I would almost bet, I would almost guess, I would almost assure that each one of us have people that we know that are not Christian. That's a broad statement. That's a bold statement. That's an incredible statement. And yet I think it's a true statement. Are we praying for them? 
not just about them. What do you mean, Pastor? Not about that they go get drunk, or not about that they go get high, or not about that they live in immorality, or not about, not about, not about, but for them, Lord, they need you. They're walking away from you. They are forsaking you. And as a result, that is the behavior they are exhibiting. Are we praying for them or about them? You see, I want to institute, and I'm going to start it this Saturday. I've talked with the leadership team, and we're going to do it. Saturdays at 6 o'clock, I want as many as can and as many as will meet here at the church to pray and fast. We will call out to God the things we need. We will call out to God the people that we are praying for. We will call out to God our own need to be deeper in Him. We will call out to God who is the author and finisher of our faith. We will call out to God through Jesus Christ, the bridegroom, and we are His church, that He would come on us in such a way that we can never be different. You see, I truly believe that the church that prays together grows together and deepens together and stays together. I really believe God is doing a great thing here. I believe God wants to do even greater things here. I believe that there are things that God can and wants to do and will do if we will follow after Him and seek His face and refuse to be the same as we have been and become people of prayer, not people that pray. How's your prayer life? Jesus went to the mountain to pray for the entire night. How's your prayer life? Is it something you are or something you do when things aren't good or something you need? Nothing against at the meal. And that's good. But are you praying for your kids? Are you praying for your families? Are you praying for specific people? Are you praying for the church? You see, it's not just a cliche. There's never been a church that God did not bless that became people of prayer. I want us to be challenged, and I want as many as will to join me. And yet, if not, I will be here, and I will pray. And so I want us to join and become people of prayer as a church of prayer. Baptism. Point C is this. Baptism of repentance is conferred. It is to be continued. Continued. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Verse 19, go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to do all things that I have commanded you, i.e., I've just commanded you, baptize them. A command, an imperative, a non-option. We as a church will become a church that baptizes again. I know it's happened before, and we're going to do it again. To be disciples of Jesus, there is a baptism of repentance. To be baptized into Jesus in repentance, it is unto the name above all names, and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are baptized under the flow of the name above all names of all three. We cannot separate ourselves from the name of the Trinity and with repentance. We cannot separate ourselves from the presence of the Trinity and repentance. 
And to be disciples of Jesus, we are to be, continue to do and have and be part of baptisms. Is there a repentance that maybe we need to have that we have not really pursued after Jesus and pursued others for Jesus? If you go to Revelation, we are told about the church that is lukewarm. They've left their first love. They've become very okay with it. And in essence, they're just spinning their wheels and living in existence. I am working with a couple that is in another state. They are now attending another church when they attend, one hour away. She has had some massive major female surgery, reconstructive surgery, and I'm not going into it. It's none of your business. And I don't mean that rude. It's just privacy. For years, they went to the local church of another denomination. They are now in a church of our denomination, one hour away. They went to another church for years, a local church of another denomination. They have not been back for seven months because they've been attending a church of our denomination. That church doesn't know where they're at. They have not called. They have not come. They have not sent postcards. They do not go up to them in the store. They've lost their first love. And they're running 12 now. Any wonder? Look around. See the empty seats. Don't see it as just space and comfortable because you have your own elbow space. I get that. But see the empty seats with brokenness. Jesus calls us to go into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in because great commissional baptism of repentance leads to great commissional baptism of going into and baptizing people. Do we know people that don't have Jesus. Kyle, I'm going to change a lot of things. We're going to stop the PowerPoint right there. I'm okay with that. You're going to get a two and a three next week and the week after probably. Um, where's David? Did you find that song? Can, has he got it cued? I think what I want to do, this is a very powerful song. I, I discovered it, I think, in our last district assembly in Minnesota. I'm not a big believer in a lot of video stuff in church. Folks, once in a while, it speaks for itself. Kyle, would you be so kind, sir, as to play that song, I Just Want to Speak the Name of Jesus? Here's what I want before you do. Put it on pause a moment, please. And you can play the whole video, not just the, not just the audio. Here's what I want you to do. I want us all to be in prayer. Lord, who do I need to speak the name of Jesus to? Who do I need to be Jesus to? Break my heart for them.
and transform my life to invest in them to say we're here in this. Kyle, please, if you would. Thank you, sir. I so appreciate it. Go ahead. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.